It is great to have you on the Family Goals podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. I'm Joel and House, and on this podcast, we want to encourage you to grow closer to God, to strengthen your marriage, and to inspire your family to reach its highest potential. I would like to highlight a ministry that I have loved for years, Compassion International. Compassion is an incredible organization that is all about releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. They currently serve over 2 million children and their families in some of the most poverty-stricken areas of the world. And here is my favorite part. All of this is happening in the local church. Compassion is all about equipping the local church so every single child is cared for by the leaders in their community. As a pastor, I found Compassion to be a strategic part of our global mission strategy. As a church, we've incorporated Compassion into our focus on Honduras. Compassion made it easy for everyone in our church to put their faith in action by caring for a child in need. I would encourage anyone listening to learn more about Compassion, sponsor a child, and release them from poverty in Jesus' name. Visit Compassion.com slash Family Goals to sponsor a child today. We are closing out our series on God's design of the family. Check it out. So I got, I got to ask you how, how Augusta National was. All right, start over. <laughs> start over, but I, I don't, I know the rules or I'm not supposed to post anything. Like they're very, they're very, uh, oh, we don't want to talk about this. I, no, no, no. We can talk about it, but I think we say golf course. I don't know. I, I don't know. Honestly, they're very, uh, well, that's going to ruin That's that's that takes away my whole intro of giving you a hard time for not, um, should we just go with, I could say, I, I like I, how, I, I like how we just did. No, just keep this going right here. Like he can cut out the, it, it, it was awesome. It, it was cool. It was a, it was a fun experience. It was a fun experience for me because getting to play, you know, a, a nice golf course, I'm not going to use any names of anything. Just going to say a nice golf course um, with one of my buddies who, who really, 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 really enjoyed it was cool. That was really fun. And then it played pretty good. Had some good shots. That was what'd, surprising. What'd you shoot? Ninety six. That's wow. Yeah, that was. I mean, for I could have. I, I can't not say the name of the course. That's fine. You you can say the course. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm not going to say the name of the well, course. You're not going to say. Yeah, it. you can say the name of the course. Um, no, I, I chipped and putted really well. I, I chipped it really well, and I hit some tanks. That was the fun part. Like my caddy Charles was amazing. He was unbelievable, and his whole thing was he saw me swing on the range. And his old thing was, all right, man, we're Cool Hand Luke. We're not King Kong. Cool Hand Luke, not King Kong. <laughs> and he was, he was just telling me that he was trying to keep me so, like, stay smooth, stay smooth. And I started the round unbelievable. I mean, I, I think I was two or three over through seven. I mean, I was playing really, oh, wow. really well. Yeah. Chipping really well, putting well. And then lo- the wheels came off. Um, I, did, I did say I did not come to this golf course to play to lay up. Like I'm not, I'm I'm going for every green. Like I'm not. I'm gonna if I'm two fifty, I'm gonna try to get it. I don't care. Like I'm not. I didn't come to score. Uh, I did come to beat my buddy Phil. That was my. I just wanted, and I was up on him big, so I knew I was gonna win. That was easy. But what about what about hole thirteen? To me, that's like the classic. Hole. Which one's that one? The dog leg left. Ah, part of Amen Corner. Yeah, water over the water. Yeah, you, water. You, you can lay up, or you can try to hit it over the over Race Creek. Yeah, I went to water. You went into the water? 100%. 100% went in the water. <laughs> There's been a lot of people blow the, blow the tournament right there. Blow, yeah, the par you know. three before that. Yeah, number 12. That one killed me because I hit a great shot, a great approach, but it was just, it was a little bit long, and it went from B 
being on the back edge and rolling back down the back side of the green, but it bounced right in the sand. Oh, yeah. And that shot was, oh, not fun coming back down. Like, you just had to get somewhat on the green, but if you got it somewhat on the green, it, it, I mean, it was gone. I'm not good enough. Did like you I'm not back, back into the water. <laughs> no, out, out of the sand trap. No, I hit it in the sand again, and then I hit it on the fringe, and then tapped it down and tapped it in, so you get a nice five and take your medicine. And, yeah, I mean, it, it was just that was the hardest part when you miss like 17 when you miss to the left. Like by the way, the quote from Bud, my uh, my my members caddy. The quote from Bud was so amazing. He said, um, in 52 years caddying, I've never seen an amateur land a ball up here. Because I hit the, on 17, I hit it like 335 uphill. I was, so my, my Charles went from, he said, cool hand Luke, cool hand Luke. Wheels fell off in the middle of the round. He was like, King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> so he completely changed his caddying style, which I thought was amazing. And he went, King Kong. And I was gripping and ripping and knocking the snot out of the ball and um but man they're just such a tough course and i'm not gonna go through all the shots nobody wants to hear all that crap but i think people want to hear it but on 17 what tees did you play from we played the up we did not play the you look at the back where they play from and it's a different game i mean it's a different course altogether you know like some of those holes it's 140 yards back 140 on one hole yes on one hole it's it's a it's a pitching wedge back i mean it's a they're playing a totally different game than everybody else, but it was um, it was unbelievable. It was a cool cool place to visit. So much uh, so much history there. Like just not not even just you know with old presidents and just different stories that the members tell you and how Augusta came to be Augusta is pretty cool. I mean, it showed you know the reason they chose Augusta was that's where the railroad stopped. Like that's where it used to stop. So Augusta became a pretty big party town. Like people used to go and Hogan went there and. He went there and he was like, hey, let's do a golf course here. Everybody seems to come here because it's, you know, the end of the railroad. And it showed, it had original letters of, you know, asking people to join and how much it cost. And it was like, they were trying to give away memberships as much as they could. And just from that, and you see the pictures and the evolution to what it became was, it's incredible. Like it's, it's just an incredible story of how it went from, you know, that golf course to it's the deal. You know, it's the biggest golf course that everybody talks about and the prestige that comes with it. So pretty amazing history lesson well i don't know if you realize how blessed you are to get to play there oh yeah because most of us common people we, we're just wanting to go to the tournament we're just trying to get like i'm, I'm putting into the uh the auction every year that what the um you know you're trying to get tickets to the to the yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to go watch the tournament the thought of me ever getting to play now they shouldn't let, they shouldn't let people like you on there i don't, I don't think they do that Bro, <laughs> while, while you were texting me pictures from this golf course that you can't name, from this famous bridge, <laughs> I'm in here in the office. I'm in here in the storage closet working. Just working, grinding. And I'm thinking, why did Pastor Jay not get the invite I'm the golfer. You're not even a golfer. I'm you not. Just, you just picked this up like, like the Adam, last year. Like so. Adam Sandler. Like golf requires goofy pants and a fat <laughs> butt. Like I'm, I'm that guy. 
I mean, the whole day, not, I mean, I was happy for you, but I was a little, little bit jealous. It's the most you've ever texted me in a day. (laughs) It's by far the most you've ever, most you've ever hit me up. Like, how is it? Well, the day before I was like, hey, you know, if, if something happens last minute, you texted me that, Jolan, he texted me that three times. If something happens, I I can clear my schedule. (laughs) I could. I mean, I really, I really could, I really could clear the schedule. And, um, and the other thing is. I wore my master's hat today. I see it. Because I was planning on talking about it. I like it. it. Because I knew you weren't going to bring me anything. Like, no. why, why did you not, like, why didn't you bring me a lid? Why didn't you bring me a shirt? I'm selfish. I didn't think about it. That's my bad. <laughs> I was not, Pastor Jay was not the first person on my mind. That's my, that's, that's my fault. But Pastor Jay's always given you That's gear true. You have given and... me so much gear and swag, and I just completely dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> just, I, I, all I think about is me. Just, I'm selfish. <laughs> Well, next time you get to go to this unnamed golf course, all right. Even, even just to go walk it, I can to, do that. I can watch next, it. Next or, time, or the, I will do or that. Or the ticket, like even just to get a ticket. I mean, yeah, it's def, it's definitely on the bucket list. But I, I was happy for you. I was I, I was gonna I was gonna give you a hard time one way or the other. But I am I am quite surprised that you broke a hundred. I'm guessing. I guess I'm guessing there were a lot of a lot of mulligans, a lot of rehits, no a lot, lot of do overs, no mulligans, no rehits. Don't be starting to throw that. See, you're just trying. You're trying to take shots because I. Hey, I'm. I'm just telling you this. We're we're going to play soon, and you know I had a week before Augusta, so I played almost every day, and I don't do that very often. I don't play very often, anyways. But I'm going to continue to play because I walk, and I can justify it now. I will justify that. I can go get seven miles by walking 18 holes, and depending on how bad you hit it, you can get nine if you really want to. And now that I can do that, I'm going to continue to keep playing, and I'm just going to keep playing, and then I'm going to show up, and you're not going to like what you get. I got a tee time tomorrow at 10.50 if you want to come on out. Where at? At my club. What's your club? Providence Club. Providence Club. I drove by on the way here. I was my like, little, I, bet, I bet that's a nice course. A little neighborhood. It's, you know. I need to take you to a, new, not, I need not, to take you to a neutral course. I need to get you off your course. I mean, if we're going to play on my course, then you may not have a chance. Correct. You get on your own course, it's tough. But, I, but Davey, I'll play you at Providence Club. I'll play at Georgia Club. I'll play you at this golf course unnamed that we're not mentioning. I'll play you at Top Golf. I'll play you in your front yard. Like, yeah. it doesn't really matter. You got that much confidence. I have a lot of confidence. But, but You had a lot of confidence in that day we competed, too, in sprints and how fast you could beat me from – Five, uh, five yards. Like five yards are different. Five yards are different. That was. I think I beat you by four and a half. Well, that was just. That was just. You know, bad day. Make believe for the church. Oh. Um, last time we played pickleball, I'm pretty sure Joel and I wore, wore you and uh, you Woj gave Jack me Woj. And, That's like giving me a lawn chair. Well, then you brought your boy. <laughs> but then you brought your boy in. No, he was sitting there. Russ Tanner is not. <laughs> let's hold on. Let's, you tell me if you think Russ Tanner is a pickleball player. He's six four, three hundred pounds. Yeah, that sounds like your description. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Russell Thurston. He's got a bad shoulder. He can't swing that it dude, hard. And He's great, man. I need to get Josh Clark because that'd be hilarious. fun to watch Clark talk trash to you and beat you up. Yeah, Clark Clark has never beat me in anything, I don't he'll get, think. He'll get in your head a little bit, I think. He, he'd like to try. Yeah. You want to dive in? Yeah. Dive in. All right, so today we are continuing our series on God's design for the family. It's been a while since we've let's let's recap. Okay, recap. That's good because so, I have no clue. What I don't have a nice sheet of paper in front of me. So what do we? Well, uh, you never had a, she- <laughs> a sheet of paper in front of you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, let's remind everybody and remind me what we're talking about and what we're doing here. 
Let, let's let's remind everybody who who actually prepares for these and and who just shows up. So we've been we've been walking through Ephesians chapter five and six, talking about the God's design for the family. And just to recap, God's first. He wants to have, he wants to be the center of our lives, center of our marriages, center of our families. Marriage is second. Marriage is the most important human relationship that we have. When we said I do, we made a vow of priority. We died to ourselves. Said, okay, th- this is the most important relationship in my life. Kids are third. It's a little bit controversial out there in the social media world. Apparently, that wow. that kids are are not more important than than the uh, marriage. And then today we're talking about the last thing is husband or father is last. That we are to be the spiritual leader of the family, and and by leader we're the servant. You know, we're to lay our lives down for the family as Jesus laid his life down for the church, we're to lay our lives down for our wives, but also we're, we're, to, we're to lay our lives down for our families. We're to be the... So the topic of today is dad is the spiritual leader of the family. How do you think most guys take that? Do you feel like that's a heavy heavy burden for most men that, man, I'm, that's a huge responsibility to be the spiritual leader of my family? I'll say no because I think a lot of people don't do it. I mean, I think a lot of people, and again, we've talked about this before, but one thing I've seen that's really amazing about women is if you don't lead, they will. If you don't get it done, they'll absolutely get it done. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of that. But I, I think that I don't think we wear it as a heavy enough burden. And and by the way, convicted. Like, I, I've I've definitely fallen short on this. And, you know, I was telling Lindsay the other day, I was like, I need to do, I got to do a better job of covering topics and you know, we were around Easter and talking about the Passover and going through that with, with Nicholas Lee and, and her. We all went through it in, the, in a hotel room in the Bahamas on spring break. And then we were, going through, we're, we're memorizing the Roman road, you know, together. Um, but, but as much as we pour into our kids and we spend time with them and we want them to do things, like that's the, that's the most important charge. And I, I've got to do a better job of prioritizing that. I always go, we always go shoot Jays. Mm-hmm. We always go shoot jumpers. We always have fun. We always kick it. We always make time for the other things, but it should be a heavy burden and it should be something that we're consciously thinking of and something that's uh, always on our mind. And, and here's the thing too. I, I think, you know, if we're putting God first, like you talked about, the first thing you covered was talking about putting God first. Like if we're putting God first, we've got to make sure we're making time for that. Okay. Perfect example where I was failing, I was getting up and going about my day and I have free time this time of year. So I'm like, all right, I'll do my devotionals. I'll do my stuff in the middle of the day. And I was talking to somebody the other day and talking about something. We were going over something early in the morning with one of my buddies. And, um, and then I, I told Lindsay, I'm like, this is, this is not acceptable. Like you, you remind me every day when you ask me what time we need to get up, I'm like, am I doing it 30 minutes early? You know, so I can get up get in the word, read, study, pray, get my day started off right. But I think when we do that, everything else falls into place. Everything else, I think, starts to have an order. But if that's, that's the most important part to f- first. That's where it's got to start. I don't think you're going to lead your family spiritually and, and give them things that they need and be an example. This morning, Nicholas comes in the bedroom. I'm reading my Bible. Leah came in the bedroom to get her stuff together. I'm reading my Bible. I'm like, Yes. Like, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I, I know that's small. It's a small, but to me, that I'm like, that's a victory. They're, 
it happened naturally that they saw me reading my Bible. And that's why I have my Bible in my hand and not on my phone anymore because I, I want to have that in my hand so they can see it. But I think it starts with us, but I absolutely think that men need to understand that this is a charge and it's something that you better be very purposeful about because otherwise you won't do it and you let the church do it. The church is to assist us. The church is to come beside us and help us. The church is not the... They don't, they're not the driving force behind the, the spiritual development of our kids. You, you, made a, you made a great point there. If, if we're going to lead others spiritually, if we're going to lead our family spiritually, we first have to lead ourselves. Like it starts with us. You can't just, you can't take somebody where you haven't been before. And, no. And, and you, you, we always relate things back to sports, but, but it would be the same with sports. Like, like if, if you don't know how to shoot a jump shot, how could you teach your son to shoot jump shots? So if you don't know how to get in the word of God for yourself or how to pray or how to share your faith or how to, how to lead a discipleship group, how could you teach somebody, how could you teach somebody else to do it? So I think, nope. I think starting, I, I do think you're right. Cause, cause at first when, when men are first getting involved in the church, they're not really thinking about it and they don't even know that they're supposed to be the spiritual leader. But then as, as a, as a guy starts growing, then he realizes, and maybe he hears me say it or hears other people talk about, hey, the, the dad's the spiritual leader in the family because naturally, if, if the dad didn't do it, the mom's going to step up and do it. And we see that all the time. And all see, the time. And you see that in the church, too. Yeah. Like, you're trying to get people to volunteer. It's like always, it's always the ladies who are signing up to serve and to volunteer and be in small groups. They're so much better than us. All of these things. They really They're are. They're so much more organized and just efficient. Like, have you seen uh, McFarlane USA? Mm-mm. It's a great movie. It's an unbelievable movie about cross country, and it's about a guy that you know went basically down to the furthest point, right near Mexico. And, oh, I have seen uh, that. It's un- I have unbelievable seen that. movie. I, I forgot the name of it, but, but yeah, it, un- Kevin Costner, ragtag group of unbelievable, group of kids. unbelievable movie. But uh, they're doing the quinceanera for the fifteen-year-old girl, and uh, and Kevin Costner asked the the guys, he's like, "Okay, so what do we do? Where do you want me to move the tables?" And he was like, uh, "I think he calls him Gringo in the movie." He's like, "Gringo." Uh uh-uh. uh, he said, "You're the uh, you're the Indians, not the chief. They'll be here in a second. <laughs> the women come in with boxes, and they're like, move that table there, move this here, move that there. Yeah, they they get that crap done in like yeah. ten seconds. But I mean, the women are so gifted at it. They're so good at it. And so it is a. Uh, I think it's natural to kind of kind of want to give way to that because they lead so many things and they do so much in your household. But we got to make sure we're conscious of that. Yeah, I think." We have to be proactive and, and think ahead. I remember when, when Jennifer and I first started dating, I knew that she was a strong leader, and I, I knew that she was – it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a strong leader to lead her spiritually. And I, I remember thinking, okay, i, I got to be two steps ahead of her. Like, i, I got to be thinking down the line um, so that I could lead her because if I'm, not, if I'm not prayed up, if I'm not planning ahead – That's interesting. Well, then, yeah. So you had, you had to make sure you stayed ahead so you, could, so you would lead. Yeah. It, other, otherwise, so that takes even that takes. Otherwise, she's she's leading, or otherwise she's leading. So I got to I got to be thinking ahead about our calendar and our schedule and our family and what what we're doing. And see, that's a, that's a hard thing for a lot of guys. I think just same with my household. My wife does the calendar. She does the schedule. You know, she does so many things that decide where we go when we go because she's good at it. She's Monica from Friends. I mean, if you've seen Friends, <laughs> she's got the. My wife, it, it's it, it's. She has a calendar for a calendar for a calendar. Like, 
you walk in color coded. Just, just, just listen. Are things color coded? Oh, a hundred percent. Everybody has their own color. So listen to this. You walk in our house and there's a monthly calendar. Okay, written out. So and so does this. So and so's like everybody has a color written out in different colors and little ink pens, whatever. Now you go to the phones on the Kazi. My wife will tell you I'm saying it wrong. I'm sure, but Kazi app. Everybody has. Uh, that day, I, all I got to do is pull up this app, go to today, click on it. It says Davey Podcast 830. Like, it'll tell you podcast. It'll be my color. It'll be, and then her color has her things throughout the day. And then the kids have their color. And then we all have our own color. Oh, she even knows your schedule. She, uh, she does your- all my schedule. She has, she, has every, she has everybody's schedule down pat. Well, here's the thing. I walk in the other day and she's at the table. And I'm like, what is that? And it's a little calendar like this it's a little gray calendar i'm like what is that she's like this this is just my handheld one i can walk around with anytime i want i'm like (laughs) so your calendar has a calendar that has a calendar i'm like what are you you kidding me like what how many calendars do we need like it's it's incredible she's monica from friends she literally gets so excited about doing a calendar have you ever met anybody that has like three calendars like i mean jennifer and i we, we are not very organized. We're not very structured. No, no, no. Oh, have you always been like that? Or now that kids have gotten older, now you don't have to worry about it as much? We've just kind of always been like really? that. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, it's kind of, it's a miracle that we've, we've made it through this far. Because <laughs> <laughs> you would think like one person would be organized. Usually that's how it works, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, she, I, I might be a little more organized than her, but. That's interesting about Lindsay. I, I could I could definitely see that. And everybody jokes around because people, you know, people reach out to me and want you to to speak at something or do something at something. I'll, I'll always check with you. Hey, hey, can this person have your number? And you're all you're always super cool about it. And, and so I give them, yeah, just text him, reach out to him, and then they'll they'll reach back like, hey, he's not responding. Yeah, he's not, not so bad, <laughs> so bad. Like ESPN, like, well, ESPN did the best thing in the history. It changed my life like three or four years ago. They put Lindsay on all the emails. So now every email I get for work about coordinating anything, I look at the email and I see Baby Doll Pollock because that's how she's saved in my phone, which probably says it for everybody, by the way. I think because oh, it's, yeah, cause it's cause saved on the, you have, It yeah. says Baby Doll Pollock, and I'm like, yep, delete. I don't even look at it. And she just <laughs> organized. She's that's got awesome. the flight. She's got the hotel. That's, that's beautiful. So let, let me read Ephesians, Thank you, Baby Doll. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. And this is instructions for fathers. Yeah. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. It's super clear here who the spiritual leader of the family is. It's it's the father. Because it doesn't say parents bring them up in the training. It says fathers. Like It's our role. It's our responsibility. Uh, Very clear biblical instruction to raise your kids in the training and and instruction of the Lord. What do you think the first part of that means? Read the first part again. Do not exasperate your children. Do you think that means like don't wear them out with things and don't keep them busy and don't worry about all the things outside of that just and then finish it, punctuates it with like worry about raising them up in, tra- in maturity and training. I, I haven't thought about it, that, but I... I think that's good. I mean, especially in our culture and our generation. There's so many distractions. There's all many. We were always wanting to go out and do something else mm-hmm. where he's saying, hey, this is, don't do so much of this other stuff to you're neglecting the most important. That's what, I mean, that's what I hear, like, in, in my head is, okay, well, there's a lot of things that are important, but 
and or there's a lot of distractions, there's a lot of things going on, but let's not forget about what's the most important thing. And that's what I do. I forget about that. Like I I gotta keep doing a better job of why are we not memorizing scripture? Why are we not I thought your sermon the other day was a it was really good, like continuing to send scripture to your kids. I've done a better job of sending scripture to Nicholas every day. He's got a phone, I can hit him, you know, like send it to him. I sent him the other day, um, I was talking to one of my buddies and I sent him the other day and I, I, it was awesome. It was just short. It was yesterday morning. I said, worrying doesn't change a single thing about our lives. And then I just sent Jesus's words from Matthew. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And then he sent back, no, sir, it doesn't. God already has a plan for us and you can't stop. You can't, there's no time. You don't need to worry. Trust God. He has you, mm. you know, but it, it's just that's a that's a small small thing that you talked about you know setting or sending scripture it's a good way to use this man it's mm-hmm. a good way to use this phone the the bible app is a good way to use this phone nicholas laughs about it all the time i got social media i got the bible app you know like i can <laughs> i can get with people you know through that you can so. have friends on on you the do version bible 100 percent. Yeah. like he's got friends on there and he, they do the, the devotionals and they every single time they do them they comment on it and say what they thought about it and they get to see each other's comments which is really really cool i think it's awesome i think don't exasperate your kid i love the angle you're taking if they say in seminary that'll preach like that that's a sermon right there i mean you can do a whole sermon you're welcome about that you're right. welcome you can take that i will i will i'll take anything i possibly can i, I feel like when i'm listening <laughs> any, to our sermons a lot of times i'm listening to our podcast i feel like we're <laughs> we're talking about i'm like this feels like what we did in a podcast it feels like me and you kicking it like that's a good yeah. take i'm taking half credit for all your sermons iron sharpening iron so uh one of the things joel and i did so he did he was in tennis academy like when you were 12 years old up at collins hill I believe it was. You remember this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we'd had this little drive. We'd had this commute for me to take him up up to this academy up to Cal- Collins Hill. And so I got I got out in front of it and said, "Okay, we're go- we're going to memorize a scripture once a week." So we had little note cards, and so I wrote wrote on the or little business cards what I use. So he'd have the scripture, I'd have the scripture, and so the whole way up there, you know, during the week, we would we'd memorize the scripture, and so he would. That that was one thing, but you got to get you got to plan ahead yeah. for those. Was those, it was it embarrassing car, car moments? Is it embarrassing for you like it is for me sometimes because they learn it so much faster? I mean, if you really do get with your kids and you start this at a young age, like they they'll retain so much. Oh yeah, I was giving. I mean, they will get it so quickly. It's amazing that and they'll keep, and then, by the way, because we give it to them when they're young, they'll keep it too. I mean. They'll absolutely have it, and the the rest mm-hmm. of their life they'll have it. It's something that they just did that it's going to stick with them because their brains are so much better than ours and so much more responsive. Well, one of the biggest challenges in our discipleship group is part part of the discipleship books that I've written. There's scripture memory every week, and so it it's kind of become a joke in my group that no one does the they do everything else, but they, they can't memorize the scripture. And I was giving them a hard time the other night. It's like, look, my my son. When he was eleven years old, he memorized this. That's verse. a bad. That's a bad example because I think it's easier. Well, that's what they said. The guy's like, "I'm sixty three. I can't even remember what I had for dinner." How many times ago. do you walk into a room and go, <laughs> "I know I came into this room for something. What did I come into this room for? Crap! I can't even remember." But I think I think that's even a great argument for parents to train them early teach mm-hmm. them early because they they can retain it they can remember it and it was interesting one one of the guys in my group 
um, he's older than me, and he has he has he has adult children, and he was trying to memorize the scripture for the week, and he was like, he said his I think his daughter's twenty four, twenty seven or something. She walks in, she hasn't been going to church. She you know he's been praying for her. She quotes the verse off the top of her head, and knew the reference and everything, and he got a little teary eyed talking about it because he's like. I had no idea she knew scripture. Unbelievable! But it like it like stuck with her. You want to here's here's another so. thing that's kind of embarrassing. So Nicholas is a vivacious read, like he is a reader. He is like good for him. He reads four or five hundred page books a week at least. He'll read like we went to the Bahamas. He read he read the book a four hundred page book on on the way there, and then the next morning, like he just he loves to read. And so at school, he breaks out his book, and he said he gets made fun of. He's like, "Why do y'all? Why do you always read?" He's like, I love to read. He's like they call me a nerd. He's like, "I don't care. I love to read." And I was like, "Buddy, the nerds are running the world." He's a nerd for sure. That's good for him. And I said, "Buddy, how what do you, how fast do you think you'd finish the Bible if you read the Bible?" I was like, "As much as you like to read, because as soon as he's done with class, he's reading. You know, he comes home, he wants to decompress, he reads. So in a Week span, he finished Genesis. That is amazing. In a week. And then he finished Exodus. Is that like 55 chapters? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's but like, it's incredible because I told Lindsay, I started my morning readings. I was like, all right, I'm going to start on Acts. So when he catches me, I'm ready to roll <laughs> to go through the, the New Testament. But he was talking about plagues and he was talking about all these, you know, all the different things and all the different story and Moses. And remember, we heard about church, Moses holding up the shaft when they fought. Like, he, he went through all the stories and, um, but it's amazing how much they can learn if we can help them build habits. Like, mm-hmm. how can we nudge it? Listen, it's just like sports. You know, you're not going to make them do it. You're not going to, it's, you, you, it's going to be their journey. Like, and they're going to have to develop their own spiritual journey and want to. And, um, but I think 100% we can do a good job of, as a family, hey, let's memorize the Roman roads. You know, let's memorize, mm-hmm. um, you know, let's memorize different passages you know different uh verses let's memorize different things and why this is important and i think the why this is important i'm always trying to tell my kids like when you have scripture in your heart you can combat whatever comes your way like i think when you have scripture in your heart you 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 feel fear you know and i've said that before god doesn't give us a spirit of fear but of power of love and a sound mind like you're ready to attack whatever comes your way i played golf the other day on Monday with a, with a buddy and he was talking about, man, I struggle with fear, struggle with fear, struggle so much. The older I get and he's 63. And I was like, well, how much, you know, how much scripture do you have in your heart? How much have you been putting in there that as soon as you feel it, you can combat it? How much, uh, I was like, and then I, I, I read him what I sent Nicholas, you know, about worry. You know, I read him, I read that to him and, you know, is it changing anything? And I was like, if you, I said, you're, you're a believer, right? He's like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, again, does it change any single thing? Like we, we all have a path that's laid out and we know it's laid out and worrying is not going to change it. Being anxious is not going to change it. Like your path is done. Your path is, your road is already paved out. Like you're going to follow the pavement all the way, all the way home. Like you're, it's done. And I think we're not going to change a bit of it. So if we have that thought process and we understand that, like he's in control, he's sitting there and everything's going to be, everything's going to happen the way it's going to happen. I think it helps you live freer. I think it helps you live without anxiousness and, and fear or fear and worry. Put fear and worry the together. Fact, the fact like that. that your kids walked in on you this morning and saw you reading the Bible, like you don't, that might be a very small thing, but to me it's a huge thing. And I used to uh, have my quiet time in my, in my office, kind of down, down the basement by myself while the kids were getting ready. Yeah. And especially when Joel and Julia were in high school, I, I ended up moving up into the living room and 
like you, I use the real Bible, like an actual copy of the Bible. Not, yeah. not that I'm against the app or anything. Just so they would see me, and then I could I could model it. For I them. think that, that was huge. that was really cool for me to see because he would be down on his knees with his Bible on his recliner, and he'd be praying in the morning while I'm getting ready, getting breakfast, getting everything together. So for me, that that's a, an amazing example for me to see. I think, I think the. I think people that grow up in church, I think people that grow that are they're doing all they can, reading all the parent books. I think people that are that have studied psychology of kids. I think people that want to do great as parents. I think all that is phenomenal, and I think it's great. I think the kids that are going to have the most success in high school, the kids that are going to have the most success in college, are the kids that see an authentic relationship from their parents with Jesus. I think that's the best. I think that's, I think that is the best chance you have for your kids to be successful is a, somebody that has a living, breathing, breathing relationship that you see struggle and take it to God that you see every day, be faithful to God that you see the way they respond is they're responding with grace. The way they respond, like the way they're sharing their faith, the way they're serving others. Like if you want your kid to turn out, great or give them the best chance to turn out great from what I've seen. And probably you probably say the same thing to me. That's, I think that's number one. Yeah. And being authentic and real, and I'm sure Jolyn could share testimony about this, but Jennifer and I, we're not, we were never fake around the kids. Like, like if we're going through a hard time or something, we're struggling with something, something's difficult. Then, then they saw that. So yeah. they would see the good, the good, the bad and the ugly um, which is a little bit unfortunate with church because over the years there's been some ugly ugliness. And oh, yeah. It's been painful, and I hate that they had to see some of that. But they saw the reality of it, and uh, they they our kids know know that we're the real deal. And do you, you call yourself the real deal? I, <laughs> I mean, when it, com- when it comes when it comes with the relationship <laughs> with Jesus, I would say so. But our kids know that I'm the real deal. It's cool to see that, like, <laughs> you don't have everything put together all the time. Like, yeah. you have your own struggles. You all have your own things that you're going through. Well, and, and because what, what is the facts of life? They're going to struggle. It's not if, it's when. Like, we're all going to. So if they saw an awesome example of, hey, they're struggling, they're praying. They're seeking God. They're working through it. They're talking to each other, communicating, working through it to get better. Like, that's a that's the blueprint that they're going to use in their life when they get older. If if we fly off the handle and get ticked off and start swearing all over the place, I can tell I can tell you right here from this guy right here. I heard a lot of that from my mama. She swore all the time and she got angry. What do you think I did? I swore and got angry. Like that was that was became part of my vocabulary that became part of who I am. So if you want to lead and you are going to take this serious and you're going to read the parenting books and you're going to put all this time into it and that's going to be important. If you're going to do all those things, you need to share your life, your walk, and your struggles with your kids so they see that life is going to have struggles and you're going to have to go to God, work together, and do the best you can to get through those and stay faithful. Yeah, in our discipleship group the other night, uh, we are talking about character and we were talking about the fruits of the spirit, and I got some sharp guys in there. But one one of the guys was sharing that um, 
he recently decided to quit drinking, which I thought I thought was interesting. Like, okay, why 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 are you quitting drinking? And he talked about the kids, and so young kids, old kids. He or? had they're probably like sixth grade, okay, you know that that kind of age, one sixth or seventh grade. And uh, so he went to the kids and he said, "Hey, dad, dad's gonna quit drinking." And one of them said, "That's awesome! So proud of you." And then the other one said, "We'll see." And I thought that was pretty, like, okay, Ouch. okay, great, but we'll we'll see how this goes. And we got to talking about the kids, like you really can't hide anything from them, like. And we got into the whole Morris cult and taught and. They got a the master's model. degree in us. They, <laughs> they got us figured out, bro. They got us figured out inside and out. They have us figured out more than we have us figured out. Mm-hmm. They do. It's amazing. They know us better than we know yeah. them. Yeah. So uh, it was interesting in my group because then another one of the guys said, yeah, I quit, I quit drinking a couple of months ago. And it's interesting when, when one guy shares something, how the other guys kind of open up. Yeah. But it was kind of fascinating to me because I don't, I don't drink, and I know there's some, there's this huge debate in the Christian world, you know, should you drink or not drink? But, but uh, it was interesting for me to ask them, well, well, why? What is it? And then one of the guys was saying, you know, he used to drink socially, and he was at this party, and everybody was want, want to take a picture. And then he wasn't drinking, but he was going to be in the, you know, he was just kind of jumping in. But then he thought, Oh, I don't want this on Facebook. What if, what if someone in our group saw it? Like our discipleship, like what if one of the yeah. other guys saw it? So it's like this, this now we have this accountability. Mm-hmm. And now, before he'd be like, oh, no big deal, it's a picture on Facebook. But now he's like, I don't want to be in a picture holding up a beer on Facebook. So it was it was interesting to me, some some of their thoughts when it, when it comes to these things. That's powerful, though, with your kids. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And and the cool the cool thing I would have said to him was, He's watching. Yeah. What you going to do now? Yeah. And, and, and I don't think good leadership and perfect parenting is, is, I don't think perfect parenting is going to happen. Like, I think, I tell people all the time, you know, we've, me and Lindsay have shared before and we were, we chose to, to, to be virgins till our wedding night. And that's something that we wanted to, you know, honor God with. I tell my friends all the time in small group, like, I think yours is just as, just as powerful, if not more to say, I wish I would have. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and so he has an opportunity with, even if he fails and he drinks his man, I failed crap. I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn, turn to God and say, Hey dude, I, I, I wish I wouldn't have done this. Help me to do it. And he might, it, it might be a battle. It might be a struggle, but he might show his kid what it looks like to battle fight and overcome something. You know, I mean, I think that's, those are, those are, again, those are powerful parenting moments and powerful teaching moments. Yeah. So this, this particular family, they came back to church like, uh, I want to say six months ago, and they were like, hey, we, ha- we haven't been back since COVID. And I was thinking, wow, that's, that's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> but Probably re- a lot of people like that. I mean, his whole yeah. life has changed because now he's in church. He joined a small group. He's making a priority on, on Tuesday nights, coming to our discipleship group. They start serving in the kids' area. And so I think his kids are seeing, wow, they, they've turned the corner here. They, awesome. They've made some huge decisions and uh, I think spiritual growth is, is kind of like you start off in, in the middle. I don't, I don't have something to draw here. But you st- kind of start off in your walk with God. And the first thing, um, you know, you're convicted of 
sex, sex before marriage. Yeah. So say high schooler. And it's like, oh, and then you start growing. It's like, oh, getting drunk's a sin. I didn't, I didn't know that. And then you continue to grow. Oh. Uh, my, my mouth. My mouth. Yeah, I didn't know that. So it's like the, the more, it's like the more you grow, the more God reveals things to you. And as you were talking about, getting in the word of God transforms your life. Like, and I think a lot of these guys, like, I didn't know I was supposed to be the spiritual leader. But, you know, as they continue, so, so like drinking, that wasn't the first decision he decided to, the first decision was getting back in church. Yeah. And we're, we're going we're gonna to bring our family to church and we're, we're going to make that a priority. Then he started serving. Then he got in discipleship group. I like that analogy. And then, you know, and then so, like so you keep growing and growing. And, and I think so, you got to meet people where they are. So way out here, he wasn't there yet Mm-mm. six months ago, but, but now he's there. We've got, we've got another guy in our discipleship group. He's 63. We, he's the old guy. It's great having someone older than me in, what in, are you, the, in the group. <laughs> I'm in my early 50s. Okay, I'm in my early 50s. You don't look a day over 62. <laughs> so this, this is pretty fascinating. But this, he, you know, this guy's been coming to church. But his whole life changed since he got in, in a small group. And he came up to me and he said, hey, uh, Will, will you officiate? Will you officiate my wedding? I said, "Oh, you want to, you want to renew your vows." He said, "He said no. He said we're we're not married." I'm like, "What? Time out. Hang on. Like y'all have kids. Y'all have grandkids. Like." He said, "No." And he, he has a fascinating story. He, he got divorced. Then he met this girl, and then they got married pretty quick. And then they got divorced a year later. And then four months later, they got back together, but then they never got remarried. So they've been living together for 28 years, not married. And through the discipleship group and through him growing spiritually, he's realized that I got, I got to make this right. Like this, this needs to be a covenant with God. And uh, so he, he asked me to, so they got married last Saturday. That's pretty cool. And, uh, his, his granddaughters were the flower girls, you know, and we did it, we did it here at the church. It's a small, a small little wedding, but to me, it was huge because he was communicating to his kids, communicating to his grandkids, like, marriage is important. I want to be a good model and example for my kids and my grandkids. Yep. So it was a little bit embarrassing to tell people because all the guys in the group are like, Oh, really? Oh, really? We thought you yeah. were, like, we didn't know. But then there's some other guys that, that may be in the same situation. Yeah. So to wrap it up so is... He was being the man that God called him to be. And he was being the leader and he was leading by example. Something that was probably really awkward, really different. It was it would have been easy it would have been much easier to just keep doing what he was doing. But he wanted to show and he wanted to lead like a man is called to lead. Thank you again for listening to this week's Family Goals podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. For all you dads and husbands out there, this is the time to check yourself. Are you laying your life down for your family and serving them well? Wives, check your husbands. Are they doing this and setting a good example for your children? Or are you being the spiritual leader in your family? Let's encourage the men to step up and to be the spiritual leader that God has called them to be. And for all you people out there that are yet to be married, look around for godly men who are serving their family well. Let's model our lives after them. And single ladies, this is the type of man you need to be looking for. If you found this episode helpful, encouraging, or entertaining, please let us know by subscribing to the podcast or by writing a review. 
You can also reach us on Instagram and Twitter at Family Goals Pod. Thank you again for listening to the Family Goals Podcast, and we'll catch you next week.